everyone, and welcome to episode 9 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. The Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday, every two weeks. For this episode, we have four segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, questions, and this episode's topic of the show, RPG Maker Horror Games, which I'm very excited to talk about. I've been playing a lot of these games <laughs> over this past month. I, I say a lot, but as much as I've been able to. Um, so, my version of a lot <laughs> in this past month. But before we get started, I would like to remind you that if you would like to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I will read your review during the show. So here's your reminder, please write a five-star review for the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoy listening to me ramble every two weeks, it is very much appreciated. Thank you very much. So let's talk about some gaming news. So um, a lot of this episode, there's really only a few big things, but they are big things. <laughs> At least for me, they are big things. So we're going to be talking about the Animal Crossing Direct, and a lot happened here. <laughs> Um, I've been, I mean, I got, I'm a big fan of Animal Crossing. I got New Horizons when it launched, but I've been playing the series ever since Wild World. So I'm a pretty big fan. Um, so I'm very excited about these New Horizons updates that have been announced. Even though I haven't played New Horizons <laughs> very much. I, like, I think I stopped playing it around July of 2020. And then, you know, I'd go back to it every now and then. But it was never really the same until very recently when I restarted my island. So... I'm very excited for what's to come. But anyway, so the free update, the free part, is coming November 5th. But I also think the paid DLC is coming November 5th. Could be wrong about that. I feel like it might be like the 25th of something, of like November. I could, yeah, maybe that's right. I didn't look that part up. But <laughs> the free update is coming November 5th, so that's very exciting. Brewster is coming back. He's going to have his own, um, the roost is going to be in the museum. I couldn't think of uh, the word, would it be like a cafe? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> He's gonna have his own area in the museum, just like it was in Wild World and City Folk. Um, so that is very exciting. Um, and we can also have some NPCs go to the roost. You can invite people there with amiibos, which I don't use amiibos, I don't have any, so that's not really good for me, but, <laughs> um, you can run into people at the roost, which is very exciting you know, get your, get your coffee and your tea or whatever. Um, and Cap'n is also coming back with his boat. So we saw this in New Leaf, but it, it's a bit different this time around. So, uh, for a thousand nook miles, you can go to almost like a mystery island, but not the ones that you would get with the nook miles ticket. So, um, it's kind of interesting there. I don't know if you can get villagers there like you can with the nook miles tickets, um, I don't know if we really saw that, but you can get different items. So they had like vines, it looked like, like instead of, you know, using a ladder, it looked like you could like climb the vine <laughs> to get to like another level. And also it looked like you could use them for crafting as well. So that's very interesting. I think they also had some different types of, uh, what are they called? They're not just bushes. <laughs> I guess we'll just call them bushes for now. The bushes with flowers on them, okay? So, there was some new stuff there, and what I think is really cool about uh, these uh, cabin boat tours and these islands that he'll take you to is that they can be in a different season than the one that you're in now, and they can be, like, different times of the day. So, you know, I think this is really good for museum reasons, you know, as someone 
that I don't think I've ever really played like a full year of Animal Crossing, um, even though that's kind of how it's intended to be. Um, and I also I'm not someone to time travel either. So it's like right now I'm starting my island and we are in autumn. But, you know, I might drop off the game, <laughs> you know, realistically, I might drop off the game around the end of winter, like the beginning of spring. And so for the island that I'm working on now, maybe I'll be missing out on like those fish and um, bugs that are around those seasons, but not in like the autumn season. So I think this is really cool because I feel like you'd be able to fill out the museum a lot faster, potentially. Or like if you're someone that only plays during the day, maybe you can go to one of these mystery islands and it's the night and you can get some bugs and fish that you'd usually only be able to get at night. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> Um, and also, you know, the new items that are coming with it. So like I said, it looks like there's like vines and yeah, we'll see. It's pretty cool. I'm excited. <laughs> and we also have, so Harv's Island Plaza. Um, so Harv's Island is finally getting some sort of reason for it, even existing. Because before, I believe you could only really do things if you had amiibos and you want to take pictures. And like I said, I don't use amiibos. So there's only, I think the only time I really went to Harv's Island was when they had the event with Reese and Cyrus, who was like their wedding. But other than that, <laughs> I have not been doing anything on Harv's Island. So now there's going to be like a plaza there. There's going to be a lot of uh, NPCs coming back and opening up their own shops. So we've seen Harriet, and uh, she's going to give you some new hairstyles. Uh, Katrina with her fortune telling. And Reese and Cyrus are even coming back. So Reese and Cyrus are going to allow you to customize... Uh, furniture and items that could not be customized before, which is very exciting. <laughs> I'm hoping, and I can't remember if they showed this off or not, but I'm hoping it's like the Nook Mile items that you can get because I know a lot of people will get like a certain color of like the snack machine, I think it's called, when they want another one. There's just no other way to get the other color snack machine if you, you know you're not going to trade with someone if you don't have like Switch Online. So, I think that this is very exciting. It, you have to, it looks like, um, pay enough bells to, to uh, like, a gyroid thing that's there. And, um, to, for, like, them to set up shop. So, there is going to be some work that you got to put into it, but I don't mind. I'm still, like, very excited that Harv's Plaza is finally <laughs> is going to have a reason for existing. And that, you know, you are seeing a lot of these NPCs coming back that I think I would have liked to see in the beginning, but... Let's, let's talk about that later. <laughs> we also got group stretching. So I know every now and then you'll be on your island and your, and your islanders, villagers, I guess you can't call them islanders now because you're not really in a town. Anyway, uh, your villagers <laughs> will be like doing yoga or like just working out. So I think it's cute that they added group stretching and in the picture and then like the little thing in the direct they showed off, there's even like Brewster was there. So it's not just your villagers. It can also be other NPCs. Um, one of the guys from Dodo Airlines was there. I can't remember their names, but, <laughs> but he was there. So I think that's really cute too. It's not just your villagers. It is other NPCs, which is cute. Ordinances are also back. So if you play New Leaf, you will know that you could set a town ordinance and, and there's a few of these. So there's one where everything opens up earlier. So it's like an early bird ordinance. I want to say it's called. Um, the shops will open up earlier. I think they close earlier as well. But, like, if you play earlier in the day, it's going to work out better for you. Uh, similarly, there's a late night ordinance. So, if you only play at night, the shops stay open later. Um, there's one where you can make more money on your island. And there's another one where, like, 
there aren't as many weeds that are going to show up on your island. You don't have to like flower, you don't have to water your flowers as much, um, stuff like that. So honestly, I'm not really sure why this wasn't in the base game to begin with. It doesn't seem like something that would be overly demanding or difficult to sort of configure, but I mean, I don't know anything <laughs> about game development, but it, it does seem kind of weird that they are only being added now. But, I mean, whatever. They were in New Leaf when it launched, but whatever. <laughs> and just some uh, smaller things. So, we're getting more storage. Um, you can update your storage more. I think it goes up to, like, 5,000. There's, like, th two or three new uh, storage increases that you can get. I think the most is 5,000. Um, there's more customization, like I said before, with Reese and Cyrus. But also... Um, I think in general, there's just some more customization. There's new items that they're adding. So froggy chair, <laughs> froggy chair is being added, which is very exciting. Um, even though they said there, like, there's going to be more items in uh, the Nook store, I'm still not entirely optimistic. <laughs> I would really like to see some of the old furniture sets come back, but because we didn't see them, I'm, I'm not so sure. I feel like it's just going to be more random items that don't really go together and yeah, we'll see. But there are going to be new items. You can also, I think you can put like 10 inclines on your island instead of 8 now. I'm, I'm not really a fan of inclines, so I'm probably not going to use that. But, you know, it's cool if you want it. And they're also adding cooking and farming. And uh, currently, because it's autumn, my island is filled with pumpkins. <laughs> so I think this is cute. I don't know how much I will utilize it. And, um... The thing is, is there's no really, like, gameplay thing tied into it. It really does just seem like an aesthetic thing. Like, oh, you can make these, you know, these cute dishes and, like, put them on your table in your, in your home. You know, maybe you can give them to your villagers. And I think it does work similar to fruits. Like, if you eat it, then uh, you can, like, move the trees around and stuff. But I, I wish there was more of a gameplay element to it other than just that. But... But it's okay. <laughs> I still think it's cool that they added it. Because honestly, I didn't really expect it. I know a lot of people had been asking for it. But I was just like, I don't know if Nintendo really wants Animal Crossing to be like that. But I mean, hey, I'll take it. I think it's cute. Uh, there's also new camera options. So um, the the camera in Animal Crossing before and the like little camera app, it's kind of like limiting with what you can do. But now you can like take a first person view. And so it's a lot easier to take cute pictures of like your villagers. There's also, I think they call it like a tripod mode. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be a lot better uh, if you like taking pictures on your island. They're also adding new KK Slider songs, which was not expected, but hey, I'll take it. And the art for one of them honestly kind of looked like it was like KK Slider Vocaloid. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And of course, we're getting gyroids, which I am very excited about. Um, it's weird because I know a lot of people got into the series with New Horizons. And so a lot of people are like, what the fuck is a gyroid? But <laughs> if you're like me and you've been playing the series for a longer time, you'll know it was really weird. Like, I remember when I first played New Horizons after about a week um, and I didn't, like, get any gyroids. I was like, <laughs> I was like, are gyroids just not in the game? And then I just never got any. Because they are, like, a core part of every other Animal Crossing game. Like, you'll think you're getting a fossil, then it'll be a gyroid, and then you'll, like, put it in your house, and it'll be just like, uh, uh. 
like they just make these weird noises <laughs> at like a certain time and they're really cool they are iconic and you know what I think I'm going to do with the gyroids um hopefully I'm going to get Coco on my island and I'm going to give the like a bunch of them to her because that's the other thing I haven't actually had Coco on my island yet so I don't know what her house is like but um I know in the previous game she has like a shit ton of gyroids <laughs> so like will they update Coco's house probably not but like I will give her the gyroids uh, that she wants <laughs> and another thing they're adding is permanent ladders and I think this is so cool as someone like I said that doesn't really like the inclines I think that they just take up a lot of space and whatever I don't always like the look of them um I think that the permanent ladders are very very nice um because then you don't have to like switch over to your ladder every time you want to go up a cliff in a different area and like it's not bulky that's the thing with the inclines is that they're so bulky and take up so much space that I don't like putting them in, but I think these ladders are perfect, so I'm very, very excited about that. I am wondering, though, because I don't know if they showed it off, like, if your villagers can use them, because, like, right now on my island, like I said, I'm pretty early on because I restarted, and, like, <laughs> some villagers are just kind of, like, stuck in a certain area, like, they can't go down to, like, the sort of, like, town square area or, like, the Nook store, because, um, like, I put them up on a hill, and there's no inclines there yet, so I hope that they can use the ladders, because I, I, I feel bad for just, like, kind of trapping them in one area, but it is what it is, I guess. And we're also getting some new villagers. I think there was 14, I want to say, but I could be wrong about that. I was kind of hoping that there would be more, to be honest, but the new villagers that are being added, they're pretty cute, pretty good. Like I said, I do kind of wish there was more, but I'll take it. I, I like, I kind of wish there was a new, either new personality type or a new, uh, what's it, like a new species, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'll take what I can get, but whatever. <laughs> and also, uh, your current villagers will be able to visit your home, which was also in a lot of the previous games, but wasn't in New Horizons. So, you know, pretty cool. So, hmm, do I want to move on to the DLC or do I want to talk about a bit about the free updates? I think I'll talk a bit about the free updates first. So, my thoughts is that these are very good. I really like these updates. A lot of them feel like they should have been in the base game, which is a sentiment that I know a lot of people agree with me on. You know, like, why did it take over a year to get Brewster in this game when he's been in every other Animal Crossing game at launch? Um, I think the Harbs Island thing is a good update, um, but it also does kind of stand out. Same with Cap'n. Like, Cap'n and Harbs Island, I think, are fine for this update, but it is still a bit weird. <laughs> um, cooking and farming, I feel like, fits in. Gyroids, I feel like, should have been there on launch, but whatever. I think the biggest thing with this free update that stands out to me is the villager thing because if there's anything I really, really want changed in New Horizons, it is the villagers. Um, they're boring. They don't have much dialogue. They're, they are probably going to add in some dialogue with this, I would assume. But, um, yeah, I just, it's, I, because I restarted, right? I feel like I'm not sick of the villagers yet, but I, I, I really remember that first, after like a month or two of playing New Horizons when it first came out, I just, pre I pretty much stopped talking to my villagers because I was like, I'm going to hate them if I keep talking to them. They keep saying the same shit. Like, 
it just it feels like they have no personality and i wish they would add more stuff to do with the villagers so um they will still ask you for like favors every now and then like can you deliver this gift to another uh villager but i wish that there was more <laughs> Um, like, I don't think they have hide-and-seek in New Horizons, which was really cute. I, I know they had it in City Folk, and I think they had it in New Leaf as well. You just play, like, hide-and-seek with your villagers. There's also some smaller holidays that I feel like could be added. So, I think this is only a wild world, but there was Yay Day, <laughs> where basically, like, you would give a compliment to all of your villagers, and it was, it was cute. And, like, the flea market, where you could go into their house and be like, hey, can I buy this furniture item that you have? And they'd be like, no, it's too important to me. Or they'd be like, yeah, sure, take it for, like, this amount of bells. And, like, you could sell your furniture to them as well. Just little things like that, I think. And I think that the group stretching, as, like, silly as it sounds, I feel like that is on the right track of, like, what I want when it comes to villager interactions in this game. But that's the only thing. <laughs> and I guess, like, they can visit your home as well. Um... I just wish there was more, uh, more stuff to do with the villagers, more things that would make me like them. I just, mm, that's my only thing. Like, I think this update is fantastic. And it is also, I forgot to put this in my notes here, but it is the last major free update that we will be getting. And it is, you know, the last major free update. So I think that implies that there are going to be further updates just, you know, on the smaller side of things. But it is kind of sad because I definitely wanted more. Um, even if it was the last major free update, I feel like that's fine. But according to IGN, <laughs> um, this is this and the paid DLC are going to be the last major things that we get for Animal Crossing. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, IGN is really the only people to have reported on this so far. And they weren't really clear in the direct. Like, they were only clear in the direct that was the last free major update. They didn't say anything about the DLC. But that about that being the last DLC, but whatever, I guess. I wish that we were going to be getting more because it feels like we're finally getting the game that we wanted. <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, fuck you. This is it. Um, you know, I think this, that this is going to be the last Animal Crossing game that we have for quite some time. We had New Leaf for a, a lot of many, many, many years before we got New Horizons, and I feel like it's going to be a very similar situation with this game, so I do hope they add at least some smaller stuff. <laughs> you know, like I said, just some smaller holidays, more villager interactions, because I feel like they've been, they've done pretty good with um, customization and crafting and you know, a lot of options for, like, aesthetic reasons, I guess, but I just want to have, I just want to have fun with my villagers and not hate them. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the paid DLC. So next they announced Happy Home Paradise. And I believe this is 25 US dollars. I can't remember. I think it might have been like 32 Canadian or something. I, I don't remember. But um, 25 US dollars. And this works, if you ever played Happy Home Designer on the 3DS, it essentially looks like that. <laughs> and I actually really liked Happy Home Designer on the 3DS. And I think the reason it worked so well was because going into it, you weren't expecting, you know, the usual Animal Crossing experience, if that makes sense. Um, so, uh, in Happy Home Designer, you would get to uh, customize and sort of make homes for different villagers. You take the requests, make something that you would think they would like. There would sometimes be, like, certain furniture items that either you would have to use, that they would really like you to use. Sort of, like, different themes, I guess. 
and it was a lot of fun and not only could you do uh like houses for your villagers there was also like buildings so like there was a school there was a hospital there was a restaurant there was like a store and they're bringing that back which i'm very excited about um i think that's going to be a lot of fun in this happy home paradise is building those sort of larger um areas and buildings i think that that's going to be really cool <laughs> um but yeah so you get to decorate vacation homes for your, for your villagers and how they showed this off was you go to dodo airlines and you click the option to go to work and i was like initially i was like what the hell animal crossing is like giving me a job now that's not why i play this game <laughs> but yeah that's that's your job you're like an interior designer i guess um, and, and exterior designer, <laughs> um, but it's, what do they call it, the archipelago, I don't know how the hell to say that, but it looks really cool, <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun, and I am definitely going to be picking it up, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, I am going to be paying for that, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and, you know, I think that the other thing is that Happy Home Designer was a completely separate game, so, you know, you pay like 40 or 50, I don't remember how much 3DS games were. I think they were like $40. You'd pay $40 for, you know, New Leaf. And then you would pay another $40 for Happy Home Designer because it's a separate game. So I do like that they're not kind of doing that. I like that it is just DLC. <laughs> um, it feels like Nintendo did something right for once. Uh, but then they fucked it up. So let's talk about the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack, which was also shown off in the Animal Crossing Direct, which is kind of weird. Um, but whatever. So we've, we've already gone over how this expansion pack is, you know, the regular Nintendo Switch online service that we already have. So the benefits that come with that, I can't think of them at the top of my head, but you know, you know, um, including Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. And they also added in that if you do buy the expansion pack that, uh, you'll also get the Happy Home Paradise DLC for free. Uh, but there's a little uh, caveat to that. So if you cancel your expansion pack subscription, you lose access to Happy Home Paradise, which, you know, if I bought the expansion pack and then I got like, you know, I was like, I owned Happy Home Paradise. I think that this would be a good deal, at least for Animal Crossing fans, right? But the fact that if you cancel your subscription, <laughs> you lose access to Happy Home Paradise, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And, you know, inevitably, this service is going to be compared to, you know, PlayStation Plus, to Game Pass, to uh, Xbox Games Gold, I think it's called. I'm not an Xbox person, I don't know. But, you know, it's going to be compared to those types of services. And, like, play with PlayStation Plus, you get a free game, multiple free games every month that you own. It's not just like, oh, you can play it this month and then it's done. Um, but with this expansion pack, you, you can play Happy Home Designer as long as you are subscribed. And so it's like, I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just going to buy Happy Home Paradise. I'm not going to get the expansion pack because I do want to own that. Um, and here's the, here's the kicker, everyone. So 12 months for a single user of this expansion pack is 50 US dollars. And so if you didn't know, I believe that the regular Nintendo Switch online package is 20 US dollars. So there's a $30 increase here. And like I said, if you want to get the Happy Home Paradise DLC, maybe it's worth it because that's $25 on its own. So, you know, fair enough. However, 
you would have to keep paying that every year to keep access to the Happy Home Paradise DLC, which is the issue that I run into. If they said right away, like, or if they even changed it, that if you got the expansion pack, you would own Happy Home Paradise DLC. Like, that is our gift to you. And, you know, next year it's going to be a different DLC for a different game. Or even it is still Animal Crossing. I don't know. But, you know, if a big Zelda game, if a big Mario game comes out, here's your free DLC that's included with your expansion pack. If they said that, I wouldn't be mad about this because I think that it is valuable. You know, granted, it is only valuable to the people that have those games. But it's still adding, like, you own this and, you know... You're, it's going to keep happening. It's not just like, this is the one DLC that you're ever going to get. And if you want to keep it, you have to keep paying for this fucking expansion pack. Um, it's just, it's very weird. <laughs> I don't quite understand what they were going for here. And, you know, when this service launches, we're going to get like, what, nine Nintendo 64 games? And like, another few Sega Genesis games? That is not worth $30. And I, I don't know, y'all. I asked y'all about it, so we'll get to that in the question segment, but I just feel like, I feel like this could have been better. I feel like if this was $10 cheaper, it'd still be too much probably, but I would buy it. You know what I'm saying? If this was 40 US dollars or even, you know, 30, 35, like that's fine, but 50? <laughs> It's not worth that, and, you know, especially knowing that the Nintendo Switch online service is not that good to begin with, and that there is no consistency to the games that are being put out, so, and, you know, the games that are being put on the services are games that literally no one is asking for, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, give it a year, and if the service improves, maybe I will, you know, maybe I will subscribe to it, but for now, I'm holding off. Um, I was initially very excited for Nintendo 64 games. I really want to play Banjo-Kazooie, but, you know, at this point, <laughs> I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off until there's at least a few more games on there, or maybe a lot more games on there. And actually, what I thought was really interesting was that the the sort of backlash for this is huge. Um, I, I, it's not... I think when you're on Twitter... <laughs> It feels like when there's anything bad happening, that is huge in the gaming sort of industry and community and news and all that. But the reality is, is that most people don't care. I feel like that's the case anyway. Most people, most casual gamers, most fans don't really care. But if you actually watch the video on Nintendo's YouTube about the online expansion pack, um, the dislike to like ratio is astounding. It has a lot more dislikes, like way over half way over half. It is mostly dislikes. And so, you know, that doesn't really happen that much. <laughs> and, you know, if this was another company like Microsoft or PlayStation, they would see this and they would either give more incentive for the price or they would drop the price. There was something similar to this, actually. I, I want to say it was a few months ago or a year ago. Um, about Xbox and Game Pass and Games of Gold. I don't remember exactly what it was, but everyone was like, this is way too expensive. And they changed. <laughs> and that was just like Twitter outrage. That wasn't, at least to my knowledge, that was not, you know, thousands upon thousands of dislikes on YouTube. So 
but this is Nintendo, so I wouldn't get your hopes up, but it was, I'm honestly surprised that the backlash has been as great as it has been, so I am hoping that maybe, just maybe, Nintendo will do something about it, but I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. It's Nintendo. But anyway, so let's move on from there, even though we are going to be talking about it again in the question segment, but let's move on for now. Um, so the Corpse Party Remaster is out now on all platforms if you are interested. I just thought I'd bring this up. It came out on October 20th. I did a little stream of it. Um, it's very cool. It is on PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC. So if you're looking for a spooky game, once again, I'm going to recommend Corpse Party. <laughs> Um, it was actually, it was cheaper than I anticipated it would be. <laughs> so take that how you will. So also this was a surprising, uh, announcement. So there's going to be a state of play on October 27th. Uh, so that's on the Wednesday. So if you're listening to this, when it comes out one more day, one more day, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was not anticipating this because uh, PlayStation, what was it, two months ago? It wasn't long ago where they did, well, what they call it? It wasn't a state of play. It was their showcase. It was the PlayStation showcase. It was this big show showing off a lot. <laughs> and so I thought they're not going to do anything else for the rest of the year. Might see something at the Game Awards, but we're not going to hear from PlayStation again until next year. And I was wrong. <laughs> so they're doing another state of play, which, you know, like I said, I wasn't expecting. They said it's going to be about 20 minutes long. It's going to focus on PS4 and PS5 games. And I believe they also said it's going to be focused on third-party games, but I could be wrong about that. I don't have that in my notes. Um, so I have no idea what to expect. I know a lot of people are like, Final Fantasy 16, get on the clown makeup. Or like, you know, everyone sort of has some sort of expectations, I guess. But um, I just kind of stopped. <laughs> I stopped having expectations for the most part when it comes to these things. And I've been a lot happier. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I am interested to see uh, what's going to be shown off. Because um, it is... I feel like it's a weird time of year because the Game Awards are kind of close. So it might be smaller announcements that won't be at the Game Awards, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm just going to throw out some me news. So this isn't gaming news, just news about my my gaming experience. So I got Switch Pro Controller and because I had uh, Joy-Con Drift on one of my Joy-Cons, which I've now sent into Nintendo for them to repair it. Um, but I got a pro controller so I can, you know, play my Switch games in the meantime, and I fucking love this thing. I think I actually might enjoy it more than the DualShock 4, which I was not anticipating. It just, it feels so comfortable when I'm holding it. Um, I don't know what anyone else's experience is with the pro controller. Um, the buttons, some of the buttons are situated in a weird way where it's like, I kind of have to like look down to figure out like where they are. But, you know, I think the more I use it, the more I will just naturally get used to that. But it is just like very comfortable, so... If you're at all interested in purchasing a Switch Pro Controller, I really fucking love mine, so. Um, I also started a YouTube channel for my Twitch VODs, so, uh, there is also, you know, my regular, I mean, Luna Games YouTube channel, which I post podcasts on, and, you know, maybe some other things in the future, but I'm not promising anything. <laughs> but, uh, I decided to start another YouTube channel for my Twitch VODs, so, right now, the only thing up there is, uh, the first Corpse Party stream VOD but I'm going to be adding more. It's literally just Emmy Luna Games VODs. <laughs> that is what it is called. Um, I'll put a link in the description of this episode in case you want to check it out. But yeah, if, if you want to, it's very much appreciated, but if not, then no worries. <laughs> 
So moving on to what I've been playing. So I've been playing, you know, RPG Maker horror games, of course. But we're going to talk more about that later. So I've also been playing Animal Crossing. Like I said, I restarted my island. And I've been pretty lucky with villagers. So I got Blue Bear. And Blue Bear is one of my favorites. She was in my city folk village. And I feel like also maybe one of my new leaf uh, towns at some point. Um, but I really love Blue Bear. She is so fucking adorable. Um, and I also got Meringue. Um, she is so cute. <laughs> I, and I got them back to back. So I was just like, I'm so lucky. Um, <laughs> I also have uh, Audie. I believe her name is Audie. She is one of the new villagers that was added New Horizons. She is adorable. I have Aurora. Um, she's a little penguin. So I really love all four of them. <laughs> Can you guess what my favorite personality type is? <laughs> um, and I also have uh, Avery and Fang. Uh, I don't think... I think Avery is moving in today and Fang is moving in tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel pretty lucky with the villagers I've gotten so far. And I'm, I really like decorating my uh, island to be really like Halloween themed. There's so many pumpkins all over the place. And I keep getting uh, DIY recipes for, you know, just more Halloween, like, furniture to put outside. And I fucking love it. <laughs> like, I feel like this is how some people feel about Christmas is how I feel about Halloween and just, like, the autumn season in general. It is so aesthetically pleasing. But I'm also like, wow, when Halloween is over, what am I going to do with my island? Because it's, like, all Halloween right now. But anyway, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. And I also think today, actually, is the time I'm recording this, I feel like K.K. Slider is going to be doing his concert, which is crazy. I feel like it happened a lot faster than when I played in 2020, actually, which is wild. But anyway, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I'm really enjoying it. Getting ready for the update, trying to make my island more presentable, get a bigger house. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm enjoying my time. It's very chill. So let's get on to the question segment for this week. So my question for y'all this week was, what do you think of the new updates coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons and the Nintendo Switch Online expansion? Is there anything else you'd like them to add in the future? So let's get started. So of course, we're going to be starting with answers that were in the Discord server. So Beep said, I'm happy about the updates. They look really nice and there's a lot of characters coming back that I missed. I just wish the Nintendo Switch Online expansion wasn't so expensive. I agree. <laughs> uh, Cordy Kazam. Cordy Kazam has a long answer here, so forgive me if I pause a bit. <laughs> um, Cordy Kazam says, I'm excited about all the stuff coming back. And then uh, they have in brackets here. I do definitely wish that the roost was a separate building and not attached to the museum, as a large reason why I was so into New Leaf was because I was wanting to unlock the cafe and put it somewhere around my town. I added a bench and stuff nearby. It really became the, the vocal point of my little town. I'm excited it's returning, but something about it, just being in a room in the museum, makes it feel less ceremonious. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm excited for everything else coming back. I think most of all, I'm excited that a group of friends are going to be playing that game again. Hopefully somewhat consistently, question mark. <laughs> and the last time that happened was when the game came out, so it'll be fun getting to do all the fall slash winter stuff with everyone. And then they have in brackets here, plus ordinances. As someone who can't play consistently during normal hours, having night owl slash early bird timings for everything is going to be a lifesaver. Never understood why that wasn't the base game, but hey, color me hyped. Yeah, there are a lot of points here that I think are really interesting. So I think just going off of what you just said with ordinances, I agree. I don't know why they weren't in the base game. It is such a simple, seemingly simple thing. Um, but as for the roost, um, 
I I feel like my opinion differs slightly. I am glad that it's back in the museum, not just for nostalgia reasons, but also uh, because I feel like I don't have enough room on my island. <laughs> um, like, it stresses me out just trying to find, like, spaces to put villagers' houses, which I think I'm done with now. I think I have hit the max amount of lots that I can have. But um, I just feel like the island isn't that big. Um unfortunately. <laughs> I think if the island in New Horizons was bigger, if there was just more space to put a cafe, I would love that. But because, at least for myself, I feel like it would stress me out trying to find more room for it. Like, I do enjoy that it's back in the museum, but I definitely get where you're coming from because having the cafe in New Leaf, like, I remember, you know, myself, I had it in sort of its own little area and it was very nice to have, so... I definitely see where you're coming from. <laughs> and Quirky Kazam also said, oh yeah, and the paid DLC. Um, I never played Happy Home Designer and I'm not the best with designing things, but I'm excited. I'll maybe get it for Christmas and check it out. I'm sure it'll be fun. But it sure would have been cool to have the designable restaurant, school, etc. as part of your town and make it interactable and such. Maybe that's asking too much, but I think it would have added so much to the game that it really would have felt like a major improvement to New Leaf. Hire villagers, maybe even hire villagers that don't live on your island. They could commute, I don't know, <laughs> and just basically manage a town. Maybe that's straying too far from the chill slice of life thing they're going they're going for, but I would have found it so fun. A lot of interesting stuff here as well. So um, if you were just going to put it on your island once again, I think I would be overwhelmed by having so many buildings. <laughs> but um, I will say that, you know, as someone that played Happy Home, um, you know, being able to design the schools and stuff was really cute. And I think they would, and I don't know if they're going to do this with Happy Home Paradise, but I think there was like roles that you could, I don't know if you could assign them or just like random villagers were kind of like take them on. Like if you were, if you were in the school, like there would be someone like a villager designated to be a teacher, someone to be like a student. Um, I do believe they had something like that, but I haven't played it in a very long time. <laughs> um, so they're, they're kind of, kind of maybe, <laughs> But I do like a lot of what you say here. I think it's really interesting. And then Gamer Gal Mila said, my answer, watch the Mila's Game Room podcast episode five. So yeah, go, go check out Mila's podcast. She is very wonderful. Uh, and then she says, serious answer. <laughs> I'm actually thinking it through now for my own podcast script. Overall, I liked it, but we'll probably get it standalone and not part of the Switch online. The improved quality of life aids are much appreciated. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I don't, I think I'm just going to get it separately so that like I own it, it's mine. <laughs> I don't have to worry about, you know, losing it if the expansion pack sucks next year and I don't want to pay for it again. So there's that. But yeah, a lot of quality of life improvements for sure. I think a lot of, you know, smaller things that are being added to the game that are really going to add a lot of longevity and just fun. And then Adam said, the updates look good, but I still wish there was a bit more, to be honest. And yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, I kind of already touched on this, but I feel like they're, they are still missing some things, with, like the villagers specifically. Um, you know, we have a lot of customization now. There's a lot of, I, I, want, I don't want to say things to, because it still feels like there's not, but there is more. There's, you know, more fun things, but I, I wish there was more with like just villager interactivity and maybe some of those smaller holidays like I was talking about, like Yay Day or like the flea market. <laughs> and then Gilbert said, I think it's not a bad I I think it's not a bad idea to update Nintendo Switch expansion. The problem is in comparison with other online services, Nintendo is not offering enough quality and services to allow us 
Uh, this is one of the best inventions of my life. We need at least one free game per month or Nintendo add a badge, trophy system, or points to motivate us. And this is a really interesting point. So I do agree. I, I don't think that there is enough <laughs> being added um, to justify, you know, the price increase. Because with Nintendo Switch Online before being like $20 a year, I think even just for online, that's that's kind of reasonable. But, you know, they did also have, you know, some games you could play. Um, not own, but that you could play. <laughs> Whereas now it is that and like, say like 13 other games around there. I mean, maybe 20. Maybe they're adding 20 more games to the service. Old games to the service. And then one DLC that you don't even get to own. Like, I, I don't, I agree. I don't think there's enough quality there to justify it. <laughs> Um, and I also think it's really interesting, uh, what you say here about, you know, a badge or trophy system or points to motivate us. Uh, as some of you may know, I really like trophies on my PlayStation. <laughs> so I think that would definitely be something really cool for me. I don't think it's something that Nintendo, uh, would do, or at least if they are going to do it, I don't think they would do it now because, you know, you'd kind of have to go back and add trophies in or, you know, whatever system they decide on doing for, you know, older games, and I, I feel, and like, just every game, I feel like that would be a lot, but, you know, maybe in the future, maybe, you know, after the Switch, if they start a new system and they want to add that, like, I would fucking love that. <laughs> and then Trenton says, as someone who bought New Horizons day one, I was surprised by the noticeable lack of content. It was still a fun game, but it felt very bare bones compared to other AC games, but now this new content coming out makes me want to play the game again. Even the DLC has me intrigued as I find home design to be quite relaxing. Overall, I'll definitely play the game again and I'm glad it's come such a far away since launch. Again, I agree completely. Um, you know, I feel like that first like month of playing New Horizons, you know, you're, you're very into it. You love it. You know, you love to see it. It's just fun to be back in Animal Crossing after so long. But then after a while, you're kind of like, wait, where are the gyroids? Where's Brewster? You know, where are all these NPCs? And why do I feel like I can do nothing with my villagers? Um, so, you know, I do agree. It felt, it feels like a lot of this should have been in the base game or maybe even not that, but that like, we should have got some of this earlier. Like, I understand why it's a big update now, but it's like, well, what if we got, you know, Cap'n's Island tours back in, I don't know, August or like, you know, sometime last year, sometime earlier this year. You know, if they added those things, you know, slowly, I don't know. But then at the same time, would that have motivated people to go back and, you know, like a lot of people are now? I don't know. So I, I, I it's mixed feelings. But I definitely, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Trenton. And then about the Switch Online expansion pack, he says, uh, well, it's expensive. <laughs> Very expensive, given what it adds. Uh, if Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance games were in that as well, then the price is, e is easier to swallow, especially since it is still cheaper than either competitor. I'll wait before I buy it, but I'll keep an eye out. And that is a good point. I think, you know, it is still cheaper. It is still cheaper than the other uh, gaming services that are out there. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't mind paying for PS Plus because I know that, you know, I'm guaranteed to get two to three games that I can play every single month and I will own them. The quality of those games is pretty up in the air. <laughs> like, like out of a, a good year of PS Plus, um, you might get a few games. You might get a few games that you'll play at some point, right? Um, but there's not really any guarantee there. You get uh, good online services, and you even get some discounts in the PSN store, which is pretty cool. Um, 
And I don't know much about uh, Xbox services, but like, like I know Game Pass is well worth it if you're going to pay for it. Whereas with Switch, it's cheaper, but <laughs> the value isn't there. And, you know, here's the thing with PS Plus. It is very consistent. Every single month, you're getting two new games at least. Whereas with the way that Nintendo Switch Online has kind of been going, like, they can go months without adding literally anything. <laughs> so there's, like, no value. So, I, I, yeah. I think I also agree that if Game Boy, if, like, if there were more options, if it was N64, Sega Genesis, and then, like, GBA games or, you know, GameCube games, or whatever, I think that automatically adds more value to it, but, yeah, it's a bit rough right now. <laughs> uh, James said, and, oh yes, we're getting to the Twitter answers now. So, James said, I just want to play the N64 and Genesis Mega Drive for me without the Animal Crossing DLC. Gonna admit, all this has actually stopped me from playing Animal Crossing, at least till the free update, which I thought was very interesting, because I know a lot of people are going back to Animal Crossing now, um, but yeah, very interesting. And then uh, Preferred Whale. Go check out Preferred Whale, by the way. They are very wonderful. Um, says, I'm very excited for the new updates. As a new Animal Crossing New Horizons player, though, I also can't help but feel a little overwhelmed. Completely understandable. Even myself, like, um, I played the game at launch. Like, I, I know how this goes down. But, um, you know, having restarted my island, <laughs> when I start thinking about uh, all the things that I'm going to have to do and that, you know are coming into the game, I'm kind of like, wait, this is a lot. <laughs> like, I do not have enough bells for this. <laughs> so I completely get where you're coming from. And then uh, Lyman said, how, how do I say that? Lyman? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think we've had this conversation before and then I forgot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they said the updates are def something many players have been waiting for. Even though most are just returning features from older games, their addition with New Horizons core games still makes it plenty fun and exciting. The paid DLC is also great for people who enjoy that aspect of the game. And yeah, I completely agree. A lot of it is features from older games, but there is still some new stuff. Which I think is really uh, going to draw people in. And then Troy said, I think making DLC free for subscribers would make it well worth the price hike. Any version of Street Fighter 2 or, or Mortal Kombat 2 would be great. GBA and GB would be a plus as well. Completely agree. And, you know, that's the other thing is, I think I talked about this earlier, but, you know, if they said every single year that you have your expansion pack, you're going to get access and own a new DLC from one of our first party games. This year, it's Animal Crossing with uh, the Happy Paradise thing. I think that that adds more value. And then if they said, you know, at the beginning of next year, at some point through next year, they say, hey, we're going to release a new DLC for this Zelda game or this Mario game, Mario Kart 8 DLC. If you have the expansion pack, you get to own it for free. Completely different, uh, I think, completely different sort of situation there. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. And then Falsy Bear, also go check out Falsy Bear, uh, said, Earthbound and Chrono Trigger to SNES online library, please. <laughs> I like the Animal Crossing New Horizons updates, just wish they happened sooner. Again, completely agree. <laughs> and that's the other thing with uh, the Switch Online system as we currently know it. It's like, there are so many games people want that just aren't there. <laughs> and so when they start charging more for an expansion pack where, you know, you have no idea what games are going to be on there come next year if it's going to be worth it 
um it's a lot to ask of people to like pay another 30 dollars it's like is it worth it i don't know and uh bad games jewels says i've always loved animal crossing i'm glad there's so much content coming so soon my only issue is there's no added extended island space put all the new content completely agree um although it does look like you know for the paid dlc that is its own separate island but you know kind of like uh, what qwerty kazam was talking about earlier um you know, I think it would be cool to have the roost have its own building, but I don't think there's enough room on the island for it. Um, you know, same with, like, if we did have more space, then maybe we wouldn't have to have Harv's Island Plaza thing going on. They could just be on our own island. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree. I wish that there was more island space, for sure. Um, I think it would just make everything so much easier. And then Jay DeMille last but definitely not least said i don't play animal crossing so no thoughts there uh, people seem to be excited though so i'm happy for them switch online update is a steep price and i hope they keep adding to those libraries but i'm likely still going to get it because i'm garbage like that <laughs> completely understandable honestly um yeah I, I don't i don't think i have anything to add to that but i definitely see where you're coming from and I think I've already kind of made my thoughts on this kind of clear, just kind of going through your answers and talking about it earlier. Um, I think that overall the Animal Crossing updates are very exciting. Um, you know, a lot of it I would have liked to see earlier, but I'm really excited for it. And as for the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack, uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that one, but I'm not going to invest in it so soon. <laughs> so let's start talking about the topic of the show. So... This episode, we're going to be talking about RPG Maker horror games. So, uh, RPG Maker is a video game engine, and I think it's pretty accessible. I didn't actually look into that. But, like, if you just look up RPG Maker, I think you can get access to at least some versions of it to, like, make your own games. Um, and, yeah, so it is an engine. It is very cool. <laughs> and if you are familiar with the RPG Maker sort of horror game genre... Um, it might be if you were on YouTube a lot during the early 2010s. Um, actually, I was not watching these types of videos back then, but um, that was sort of, I don't, maybe not their peak of, yeah, probably their peak of popularity. <laughs> um, like, I remember, like, you would have huge, huge YouTubers like PewDiePie playing, playing Corpse Party, um, like Markiplier, I think. I thought I saw Markiplier playing one of them, but I can't remember what one it was. Um, but, you know, those huge YouTubers of the time, I mean, they're still huge now, but um, a lot of big content creators playing games like Corpse Party, Eve, The Witch's House, you know, Mad Father, stuff like that. And they were very popular during that time. I think that's also around the time where a lot of them were getting made. Could be wrong about that, but I think I am kind of correct there. <laughs> um, so before we get into the games that I played this month... Um, just to talk about the genre as a whole and what I've noticed, um, I feel like they offer a different experience than other horror games. And, you know, granted, I don't play many horror games, so that could be coming from someone that, you know, has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> but, like, generally, I do feel like they are interesting because um, a lot of the time I feel like horror in games or in movies and, you know, just in any sort of media can be kind of focused on like, you know, the graphics, the detail of seeing something and, like, you know, being very gory and just, you get what I'm trying to get at here? <laughs> like, it's very sort of visual horror. 
and RPG Maker games aren't always about that. Although, definitely the visuals can be scary, like, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, but that's not the emphasis of it. It's not like you're seeing, like, this shit ton of blood that is, like, incredibly disturbing. Um, or, like, these, like, really fucked up, like, monsters, I guess. Um, it doesn't come off that way at all. And what I have here is that, you know, because there is sort of limited, uh, they are sort of limited graphically, um, the game has to make up with that, for that, with different ways of scaring, such as utilizing sound effects, music, and gameplay. And, you know, one thing I really love about the games that I've played so far is, the, like, the sound design and the music. And, um, what do I have here? <laughs> um, I really love the atmosphere to these games. I think that they are very cool. Um, so although the games are made in RPG Maker Engine, I've yet to play any of them that have any sort of, like, RPG, like, combat. Um, I don't know if there are any, to be honest. I haven't looked into it, but I haven't, I've not come across one. The gameplay, usually, the ones I've played, consists of, you know, exploring certain environments. Usually you're trapped somewhere. <laughs> that is the pattern that I've noticed. Usually you're trapped trying to escape, um, and solving a lot of puzzles to do that. So, you know, in Corpse Party, you're stuck in Heavenly Host. In a lot of these games, you're stuck in, you know, this, like, big-ass house. And, you know, in Eve, you're stuck in this museum. You get the gist of what I'm saying here. <laughs> so these games are really, really cool. And I would really recommend checking them out. And a lot of them you can download for free. And I don't say that as, you know, pirate them. <laughs> um... But, you know, I think, I think Eve you can only play by, like, downloading it online. I don't think it's available anywhere on, like, Steam or anything. Um, same with, uh, Ao Oni, which I, I couldn't be wrong about both of those, but I think that's the only way that you can play them. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's start talking about the games that I actually did play. So I'm gonna start with Ao Oni. So that is A-O-O-N-I, Ao Oni. Um, and... This game is essentially about a bunch of teenagers that get stuck in this mansion. Like I said, that's kind of the gist of what a lot of these games are. You get trapped somewhere and you gotta escape. Um, and they're just getting chased by this big blue, purple-ish uh, looking like person with a big ass head. <laughs> Which sounds really weird and it is really weird. Like just look up like Ao Oni on Google Images and you will see it and you'll be like, what the hell is this? Like. It's this big, blue, like, a huge head, blue guy with, like, a huge head that almost, like, looks like a toddler. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> and, um, you basically just get chased by the Oni. Like, you'll, there are, like, puzzles and stuff, and you are trying to get out of this place <laughs> where the Oni is, and he'll just occasionally start chasing you. And I do like the chase music a lot that plays. It's very, like, oh. Um, it's a weird game. I thought that the puzzles were really hard. Um, I could not do this without a walkthrough. Um, this was the hardest one for me, for sure. Um, the chase sequences weren't too bad, but I, I did not like the puzzles. Um, and, and my biggest issue with this one is that there's not really a plot. Like, there are characters. There is, there is some sort of story there, but... I thought I would learn a lot more about the Oni because I'm like, what the hell is this? And by the end of the game, nothing, you don't learn anything. <laughs> you still have no idea what this fucker is. And um, it, it's just, it's really weird. 
Um, I actually didn't finish this game because I got stuck somewhere, and so I just watched the ending bit on YouTube. Um, but you don't get, like, any real lore, which I think would have been interesting, so this is probably my least favorite. Com to be completely honest, it's probably my least favorite that I played. It is iconic, though, so I am glad that I checked it out, but, um, you know, there was, there wasn't really many, much music. There was the chase music, but, you know, when you're exploring the mansion, it is just kind of, like, wind sounds, and, you know, there are some sound effects, but it doesn't stand out to me as much as the other games that I played, so... And then I played Eve, and I really like Eve, so it's just like IB. <laughs> um, that's how it's spelled, it's like Eve. Um, I really like this one. You play as Eve. <laughs> she is a very young girl. I think she's like nine, nine years old. And she goes to an art museum with her parents, and she's just kind of looking around. She gets separated them from for a while, and she looks at this painting, and she gets sort of transported into this, like, alternate museum where the scary shit starts happening. And, um, I think one of the scariest parts of this game is at the very beginning, at least for me, because I'm weird, um, you're still, like, in the sort of normal-ish area of the museum, like, stuff hasn't really gotten scary yet, but, um, you're just, no one is there anymore, so you've explored around, then suddenly no one's there anymore, the music stops, but there's just, like, the sound of footsteps, so I'm walking around, like, and you can just, even if you stop walking, like, you just hear footsteps. And I was like, what the hell? Like, is someone gonna get me? So that was probably one of the scariest moments in the game for me. Like, it does get scarier later on, but I just, something about that uh, was unsettling to me. <laughs> um, but one thing I really liked about this game was the characters. So one of the first characters that you meet is Gary. Um, he is also sort of trapped in this museum-type place. Um, and I, I really like Gary. He slowly becomes kind of, like, protective over Ebe in the game, and I really like their dynamic. They're very cute. Gary is also kind of attractive. Um, and the developer of the game actually said about Gary, he said this, um, that he's, quote, <laughs> someone who'd like to cross the barriers of gender, and that can be interpreted a lot of ways, but, and there was also something about how, uh, the way that Gary speaks in the game, and I don't think this translates as well to English, but, uh, in the Japanese, um, he uses, I, I don't know his pronouns, by the way, <laughs> um, but I'm just gonna say he, because I feel like that's probably what they refer to him as in the game, um, but he uses more, uh, like, feminine words, or just, like, ways of, I can't remember exactly what it was, I am not Japanese, but, um, so, like I said, this, I think it's really cool. I think that, you know, maybe Gary is not binary or androgynous, just, you know, gender non-conforming in general. I think that's cool to see that that is, like, canon. Um, and it, like, if you're playing the English version like I did, it's probably not as obvious, because I didn't even think of that <laughs> until, you know, I went on the wiki and I saw that apparently the developer said that, and I was like, oh, that's, like, super cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. The music in this game is also very enjoyable. Um, and also, one thing I really like about this game is that it's probably the most forgiving out of all of the games that I played. Out of all the RPG Maker Horror games I played, I think this is the most forgiving. So you get roses, they sort of are like your life. Uh, you have a maximum of five roses. And so, you know, if something is like chasing you and maybe they get you, um, you know, you lose one rose. Or if you're walking around and something like fucks you up, you lose one rose. Um, 
you usually don't die right away. <laughs> and so this feels more forgiving than every other game that I've played. And even though some of these other games will have like some sort of health system, um, a lot of things are one hit kills. And I didn't experience that as much with Eve. So I really liked that as someone that you know, sometimes when you're playing these games, you're afraid to interact with things because it's like, oh, if I fuck it up, then I'm going to be, you know, t taken back to the last save point and, you know, I'm going to die right away. But Eve was a lot more forgiving in that way. I also really enjoyed the puzzles in this one, whereas with Aoni, I, like, felt like I had no idea what the hell was happening. <laughs> I was like, I'm not smart enough for this. Eve was a lot easier in that way, but it still wasn't necessarily easy. I still have to think about it, so... I still did have to use a walkthrough at some parts too. But yeah, I really, I, I thought it was good. And I think that the setting of the museum was really cool and it worked really well. And there are multiple endings in this one as well. Um, so yeah, I got a pretty good ending, but it wasn't like the best ending. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend this one. I think it took me about five hours to finish. I just played it in one night, you know, four or five hours. Um, really enjoyed it. So go check it out. I really liked it. And then we have the witch's house. So I really liked this one as well. Um, you play as a young girl that goes into this house and gets trapped, <laughs> as usual. Um, it's a spooky house. And um, <laughs> when I first, the very first time I played this, um, you go into the house and I just went forward and there's like a puddle of blood. And I thought, okay, I'm going to like examine that. And so I just like walked forward and then right away the walls just like came in and like they combined and they like squished me. I probably did a bad job explaining that, but they just like very quickly like squished me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was not expecting that. I was just like, damn, I died that quick. And then, so you can't actually step in the pool of blood. You have to like go around it or else it'll squish you. <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was when I knew I was in for a ride with this one. I think this one probably has my favorite music so far. Um, I also like the music in Eve, but, um, there isn't as much. There is more in the witch's house and there is, I think, more variety. So I really liked that. Um, this also has my favorite plot. I wouldn't say favorite characters. I think Eve still has my favorite characters. I really like Gary. <laughs> Um, but I thought the plot of this was really interesting. Um, you know, a lot of these games you'll be investigating and you'll just kind of pick up tidbits around the way about the lore of, you know, the area that you're in. And I thought that was cool. But, um, there isn't, you know, if you play Corpse Party, for example, there's a story pretty consistently all the way through. Whereas with The Witch's House, it feels like there's not really a story until the ending. Like, there isn't... There's not much going on other than the tidbits that you pick up along the way until the very end. But the ending was very good and it surprised me. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I think that you should play it yourself <laughs> if you're interested. But it was very cool. I really enjoyed it. It's also, you know, again, very puzzle oriented. And similar to Eve, I was able to figure out a lot of these along the way. I did use a walkthrough, but um, I, I, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like Aoni. Um, so yeah, I really recommend this one. Um, I've also started Coffin of Ashes, which I haven't finished yet, but I really like this as well. Again, it's very similar in structure to Eve in the Witch's House. Um, it seems like it's going to be more plot-focused. There are a bit more characters. It seems like there's a bit more lore going on, so I am very intrigued to see where this goes. I think it's also might be newer. 
I haven't heard much about it before. I was just kind of like looking at on Steam and I saw that it was on sale. It was an RPG Maker horror game. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. So I'll let y'all know. I'll keep y'all updated on that one. Hopefully I'll finish it for next episode. But yeah, it's very similar. A uh, girl goes into a house and gets trapped inside. <laughs> very fun. Uh, also, I'm going to throw in there the Corpse Party remaster. Um, I did a whole episode on this, but, you know, I'm just going to talk about it a bit more. Um, you know, as we're talking about RPG Maker Horror games, um, this still scares me. And I thought going into it and replaying it that it wouldn't because I know what happens now. However, <laughs> it still managed to scare me. I streamed a bit of it and I was like, oh, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of spooked. Um, so that was very nice to know that it, you know, still has that effect and it was very nice going back to it and being like, oh, this is as good as I remember, you know? Because I feel like sometimes you can kind of get blinded by your memory of things, but it's still very good. And, you know, I feel like after playing a lot of these RPG Maker horror games, I've realized that a lot of the things that stood out to me in Corpse Party aren't exactly unique to Corpse Party. They are, you know, a part of this wider genre of RPG Maker horror games. And do I think Corpse Party does some things better? Of course I do. I think that, you know, the name tags and the notes that you find in Corpse Party are a lot more, like, scary and add a lot more than, you know, the stuff that you find in the Witch's House or even Eve to a degree. But, you know, that general idea of, you know, solving puzzles and exploring this trapped environment and, you know, finding things along the way, like these notes that give you a bit more lore one piece at a time, um, that it isn't really unique to Corpse Party. <laughs> But I do think it probably does it the best, at least in some ways. So, yeah. I just thought I'd throw a corpse party again. <laughs> um, there's also one other game I want to talk about. So, this is not... It is technically an RPG Maker horror game. I believe it was made on RPG Maker. I was just kind of... I was on Steam and I was looking through RPG Maker tag. And I found this one. It's called A Bag Inside a Milk Inside a Bag, A Milk Inside a Bag, A Milk Inside... It's something like that. <laughs> it's $1. And I really recommend checking it out if you are interested in it. Um, it's about 10 to 15 minutes to play, so very quick experience. Um, and it is more of a visual novel. They do, like, directly say that in the game, like, this is a visual novel. And it is very unique. So the art style, like, right away if you look up uh, this game on Steam and you look at some of the pictures, you will see that the art style is very unique. It is basically just kind of like this red-pinkish color, and it's very pixelated, and it's very different. It's hard to sort of make out what's going on. And it is a psychological horror game that deals with an unspecified mental illness. Um, they don't say directly what it is in the game. But um, it's very, very interesting. I really like this game. Um, and it's hard to even talk about without, you know, diving into spoilers or, you know, I feel like it's almost hard to articulate my thoughts on it because it feels like there's a lot about it that I haven't even fully comprehended or like there's just a lot to it but if that sounds interesting to you I really recommend checking it out um like I said it's a very short experience it's a very cheap experience um I really I really recommend it if you're interested just like look it up uh see if it's something that you're into because it was pretty cool but yeah I think that covers all of the games that I have played uh, so far throughout this month with RPG Maker Horror Games. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. And, you know, I don't want to promise this, but I think it'd be cool if next October, maybe instead of, like, RPG Maker Horror Games, I could look at, like, visual novel horror games or something. Or I'll just go back to RPG Maker <laughs> because I do really like these games. But, um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun this month. 
Um, I'm hoping to, you know, play some more corpse party before the month is over. And then I'll probably get back to more not spooky games. <laughs> but I've been really enjoying myself and also playing more Animal Crossing. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll be back on Tuesday, November 9th for the next episode where we'll be discussing who knows what. If you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server with the link in the description. Um, you can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, where I'm at Emmy Luna Games. And I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening again. Bye-bye!